are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. All right, thank you very much. Open your Bible to Colossians, if you will, please, chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, the latter part of the verse, a little expression, but Christ is all and in all. The preeminence of Christ is a major theme of the book of Colossians. In chapter 1, his preeminence is declared. In chapter 2, his preeminence is defended. And in chapters 3 and 4, his preeminence is demonstrated. I simply mean by that, if Christ is preeminent in the believer's life, he'll He'll be preeminent in his his marriage relationships. The wife will have the right relationship to her husband, the husband will have the right relationship to the wife, and so on. When Christ is preeminent in the life, he'll be preeminent in the work life. He'll be preeminent in the personal life. A man will seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. I guess the key verse in Colossians must be verse 18 of chapter 1 where it simply says that in all things he might have preeminence. Christ is all and in all. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said he was having a revival meeting. And in the day services they had testimonies. He said one would stand and testify and sit back down. Another would stand and testify and sit back down. He said, I noticed an old man holding to the back of the pew, very weak, pulling, trying to get to his feet. But each time before the old man could get to his feet, someone else was up and testifying. Finally, he said about everybody in the room had testified, and and the old man finally made it to his feet, and very trembling, he said, Dr. Bob, all my children are grown and married. They've moved away. He said, my wife has died and gone on to heaven. I don't have anything much, just a little pension to live off. Said, Dr. Bob, about all I have left is Jesus, and he sat down. Dr. Bob said another one testified and another one. And after a while, the old man made it back to his feet again and said, But Dr. Bob, come to think about it, that's about all I need. And he sat back down again. I think we live and die and never realize the importance of Christ in everything. Christ is all and in all. First, Christ is all in creation. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the next verse says, All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Now that settles the case. I'm not an evolutionist. I'm not a theistic evolutionist. I don't believe in evolution in any fashion or form. I believe in creation. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Like what B.R. Lakin used to say, he said, I have no confidence in these biological baboon boosters who pray our Father who art in the coconut tree. 
And I tend to agree with him about that. You know why men believe in evolution? Because they do not want to believe in God. If they believe in God, then someday they're going to have to face God. If they believe they have to face God, then they feel guilty about their sins. And so to get rid of the guilt complex, they try to get rid of God and the idea that someday they'll face God. And so the Bible said in Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There are no born evolutionists. There are no born atheists. Nobody becomes an evolutionist or an atheist till his mind's been tampered with in a high school biology class or a college university class somewhere in the matter of biology. Every little child is born believing in God. Jesus said, Suffer little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. Just let them come. Don't get in the way. They'll come on their own if you'll stay out of their way. The problem in children coming to Christ is that parents get in the way and say, Now, honey, make sure you understand it. And the poor parent never has understood it, him or herself. You're not saved by understanding something. You're saved by standing on someone, by trusting someone. I don't understand how a brown cow eats green grass and gives white milk, but I still drink milk. I don't understand how a chicken eats food and it turns to feather, and a rabbit eats food and it turns to fur, and a turtle eats food and it turns to a shell, and Bradley Price eats food and it turns to fat. I don't understand that. But I, I'm still eating whether I understand it or not. I'm not an evolutionist. If you believe in evolution, you need not argue me about it after the service. You know what your kin folks and I do. Some of mine may have hung by the tail, but none of them ever hung by the neck. I'll guarantee you that. And I get a little amused reading about some evolutionary uh, hypotheses and theories. I read where one fellow described how we got our eyeballs. He said, this little slick, slimy creature climbed out to take a sun bath. I'm simplifying it. And he said, the sun's rays focused on one of the freckles that were on one side, and it blistered and popped and became an eyeball with 20-20 vision. I shortened it a few years. It felt so good he decided he'd sunbathe the other side. We had another freckle on that side, and, and that freckle also blistered, and the blister bursted, and it, and it became another eyeball with 20-20 vision. I think that's wonderful. I mean, the eyeballs, just the freckles happen to be just in the right place. I mean, just where the bones are so structured so you, you never punch your eyes out. That you're protected by the bones around your eye. If those freckles had been on your head, you'd scratch your eyes out every time you comb your hair. And God forbid, but if they had been on your hips, you had to pull your britches down and see where he was going. I just thank God the freckles got in the right place. I mean, it's wonderful to me. Now, if you believe all that junk, you, you've got problems. I mean, bad problems. Christ is all in creation. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Period. That's it. That settles it. You say, but science, you better watch out. True science never contradicts the Bible. Anytime science contradicts the Bible, it is later proven that science was wrong and the Bible was right. 
Dr. Bob Jones Sr. wisely said the Bible is not a science book, but it is scientifically correct, and he's absolutely right about that. I mean, I mean, the historical facts of the Bible are right, and the scientific facts of the Bible are right. The Bible is absolutely right. It's perfect. It does not have one error in it in all the pages of the book. Christ is all in creation. I must hurriedly, dis- hurriedly say that Christ is all in revelation. By revelation, I mean this book I hold in my hand. This is God's revelation to man. There won't be any other. There is no other. Now, I know we sometimes hear someone say, well, God reveals so-and-so to me. And I know what you mean when you make that statement, but you don't mean what you're saying. You see, there's a difference between revelation and illumination. Revelation is the act of God revealing to the Bible writers the truths that are in this book. Inspiration, verbal inspiration, is the act of God, the Holy Spirit, choosing words to perfectly match the truths so the truth lost nothing when it was pinned down in black and white. That's verbal or word-for-word inspiration. And illumination is God, the Holy Spirit, shining the light as you study the revelation. It was pinned down by inspiration. But nobody gets any revelation. Uh, When you say it, I know you mean illumination. You didn't get any revelation. Every false religion of the world is built off the Bible plus somebody's additional revelation. You check it, Seventh-day Adventists on down the road, check it. Mary uh, Ellen G. White's vision of the Ten Commandments with the fourth and seventh above the others. The Bible plus somebody's revelation. Mary Baker Eddie Patterson Glover, I think that's all the time she was married. And her key to the scriptures, who needs a key when we got the door? And this dumb guy said this angel let him off and showed him some tablets. They dug them up. They found them buried. The devil only wrote one book. He's ashamed of it and buried it. And that guy had to find it. Don't get mad. That's the reason I'm against the charismatic movement. I have had the unfortunate situation of being around a few folks who so-called spoke in tongues. And invariably they have an interpreter to get up and say, Thus saith the Lord, and tell what the Lord said to that person doing all that turkey gobble over there. Now don't get mad at me now. Don't get mad at me. I preached in Atlanta against tongues and the lady got so mad she said, I don't care what you say, I know I have the gift of tongues. I said, I never met a lady who didn't have it. Thank you. God does not give special messages to the church through somebody jabbering over in the corner somewhere. God's message to the church is through this book, the Bible, there'll be no more. This is it. And when somebody comes up telling you about their revelation, you get in your car and drive away as fast as you can and never get around them again because they'll get you as confused as a termite in a yo-yo. And you'll be starting your own religion. How they got so mixed up on that business, I don't know. They read Acts chapter 2. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, plural languages, not a super-duper heavenly gibberish. 
And verse 7 said, They were all amazed and marveled and said, Behold, on all these which speak Galileans, and I hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, their own language. Verse 9 tells you the tongues. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, and it names the various languages they were speaking in. They weren't talking like a bunch of turkeys. They were addressing people in the languages of the people. They were preaching the gospel to them. And verse 41 says 3,000 of those that heard the gospel trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and were baptized. And that does not put importance on speaking in tongues. That puts importance on winning souls to Christ and shows to what extreme God will go to get sinners saved. It's like me bringing you a million dollars in a brown paper bag. And you dump the million dollars out and get excited over the bag. You run through the house, all and whoo, got the brown paper bag. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody will have the gift of the brown paper bag. I'd say, fella, you've slept too long on one side and your brain done rolled out your ear. The brown paper bag was secondary and incidental. The money was the big thing. I just had to have something to bring it in, so I put it in that bag. And they dumped the money out and shouting over the bag. On the day of Pentecost, the tongue was not the big thing. The message that got 3,000 people saved was a big thing. And they forgot the message in the soul. They still talking about the tongue. Little, 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 little. Christ is all in Revelation. When I say Revelation, I mean this book I hold in my hand. Christ is all in this book. You take Jesus out of this book, you don't have anything but just another book to put on your library shelf. John 5, 39 says, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify or talk about me. On the road to Emmaus, he joined those disciples and, and expounded on them all the things and all the Scriptures, the things concerning himself. The Bible is about Jesus Christ, every page of it. When the late M.R. Dehan died, he was in a series of messages entitled Jesus Christ in the Old Testament or Genesis. I have a book in my office by A.B. Simpson entitled Jesus Christ and Isaiah. I have three volumes written by a man named Rolls that talks about Jesus Christ and the names and titles of Christ all the way through the Bible. You can't open a page of this book without finding Jesus Christ on that page. An old preacher wisely said to a group of young preachers, you never find the true meaning of any passage until you find Jesus Christ in the passage. And he's right. And he's right about it. I heard of a dear old Christian lady who memorized much of the Bible. But as it happens when you get older, her memory begins to slip and she lost much of the Bible. Finally, she lost it all but one verse. That verse that said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that, which I have committed unto him against that day. But as the days went by, she lost more of her memory, and she couldn't remember that entire verse, and she could remember this part of it, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. More days went by, and, and she forgot all that verse except one word in the verse, him. Him. She never forgot that one word, but in that one word she had all the Bible. Him. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they, the Bible, are they that talk about Jesus Christ. 
Christ is all in creation. Christ is all in revelation. May I hasten to say that Christ is all in salvation. You're not saved by trusting Jesus Christ plus anything. Now I'm Baptist, I'm Baptist born and Baptist bred. When I die, I'll be Baptist dead, but I'm not saved because I'm a Baptist. I think sometimes folks are saved in spite of the fact they're Baptists. I said at one time, I said, now when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. And Dr. Rice said, I already know a lot of dead Baptists. And he's probably right about that too. Christ is all in salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved here. Nothing else. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Period. That's it. Salvation by grace through faith. Period. Not by your reformation. Not by your joining a church or being baptized, capsized, or simonized. But by trusting Jesus Christ, Him alone, and nothing else, that's the only way to be saved. Every religion, every religion teaches that Jesus is necessary. But the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is enough. J-E-S-U-S, Jesus exactly suits us sinners. A little boy said to the preacher, what can I do to be saved? The preacher said, you're too late. Too late to be saved, asked the boy. Oh no, said the preacher, too late to do anything. You see, son, Jesus did it all 2,000 years ago. That's it. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, period. That's it. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, Ephesians 1.15. Yeah. Christ is all in salvation. Our salvation is threefold. We're justified, saved from the penalty of sin. We're being sanctified or being saved from the practice of sin, hopefully. Someday we'll be glorified and saved from the very presence of sin. You take any phase of salvation you want to, justification, sanctification, or glorification, and take Jesus out of it and you don't have anything at all. Christ is all in justification. Romans 5, 1, I'll start it, you finish it. Therefore being justified by, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. You are justified by faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's all in justification. God can look at us and declare us just and righteous because Jesus Christ bore our sins in His own body, died in our place, suffered our hell, and paid our debt. And Jesus says, you're justified because He took your guilt 2,000 years ago. Without Him, no justification. Christ is all in sanctification too. John 17, 17, He said, Sanctify them through Thy Word. Thy Word is truth. And John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John 1, 14 says, The Word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's not hard to understand, is it? The Word is Jesus. He's the living Word. This is the written Word. And you're sanctified by the Word of God. He's all in justification. He's all in sanctification. He's all in glorification. You'll never be glorified till you see Jesus. First John chapter 3, verse 2, Now we are the sons of God. 
and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior who shall change this vile body and fashion it like unto his own glorious or glorified body. Without Christ, there's no glorification. Don't we see Jesus Christ will be glorified, saved from the presence of sin, and made exactly like Jesus Christ himself. He's all in salvation. He's all in revelation. He's all in creation. But I hasten to say, he's all in the church. The themes assigned this week have been on the church, the ministry of the church, the ministers of the church, the mission of the church, the power of the church, the people of the church, the pastor in the church, you know, no, but Christ is all in the church. I pastored a church for 20-something years, same church. If you ask me to boil down the church, I'd say, well, church number one, preaching. If you can't get singing and preaching, skip the singing. Let's have preaching. Preaching. Christ is all in preaching. 2 Corinthians 4 or 5, Paul said, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Colossians 1, 29, Paul said, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whom we preach, not what we preach. The theme of our message ought to be Jesus Christ day in, day out, month in, month out, and year in, yeah, just Jesus, 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 Jesus. I hear what you're saying. You're saying, but hi, don't you think we ought to preach doctrine sometime? Yes, but try to preach doctrine without preaching Christ. Let's take the doctrine that's peculiar mostly to Baptists, and that's the doctrine of eternal security. Preach eternal security without preaching Jesus Christ if you can. See how far you get. The Bible says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You're under double lock and key. The Bible says you are preserved by Christ. You are kept by Christ. I don't believe in the perseverance of the saints, as Calvin expressed it. I believe in the perseverance of the Savior, and I believe in the preservation of the saints. We are preserved. We don't persevere. We don't endure to the end. We don't strain and try and hang on for dear life. We're saved. Not put in a position to be saved if we turn loose. Don't turn loose. Or not put in a position to be saved if you don't mess up. Let's be honest, you all mess up every day. I mess up several times every day. I don't cuss, but I got behind a Volkswagen to help me at a red light for three changes. I was in my son's four-wheel drive jacked up pickup truck. After about three changes that red light, I was trying to figure out some spiritual Holy Ghost Christian way to run over a Volkswagen in a jacked up four-wheel drive pickup truck. And I don't cuss, but if you had written some cuss words on a piece of paper, I'd have signed it and handed that guy in that Volkswagen. We don't persevere, we are preserved. Some of you look like you've been pickled, but you are really preserved. You're sealed, you're kept. Yeah. Christ is all in the church. He's all in preaching. Leave him out of the preaching. You don't have any preaching. You can't preach doctrine without preaching Christ. 
Try to preach justification without preaching Christ. You can't do it. Try to preach sanctification or glorification without preaching Christ. Impossible. You say, but shouldn't we preach duty? Yeah, preach duty too, but you can't preach duty without preaching Christ. You are scheduled to have some kind of seminar on the home, I think, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you come and see if they leave Jesus out when they talk about the home. You can't do it. If I tell a man how he's to love his wife, I got to say, husband, love your wife. Let's see. Like Richard Burton loved Elizabeth Taylor. No, that'll never work. I got to say, husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You can't tell a husband how to love his wife without preaching about Jesus. And you can't tell a woman how to behave toward her husband without saying, obey your husband, submit yourself to your husband, even as the, Christ, the church is subject to Christ. Impossible. Preach so when and leave Jesus out. The greatest soul winner of all is Jesus Christ. While his disciples went to town to buy meat in John chapter 4, he stopped by a well and led a woman to Christ that you wouldn't want in your church. She'd been married five times and was living with a man who wasn't even her husband. He just told her about living water. She asked for a drink and ran to town and said, come see a man that told me all that ever I did. She exaggerated. He didn't tell everything she ever did. But you can forgive her for exaggerating. She was a woman. I'm just saying, Christ is all in the church. He's all in preaching. He's all in preaching. And take the church ordinances, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Christ is all in the ordinances. I used to think feet washing was an ordinance. I was raised in that kind of church. I'm not against feet washing. I think you ought to wash them at least once a week. If you don't, when you put older eaters in your shoes, you'll disappear. But now I've dropped feet washing. I still believe the church ordinance. Baptism and Lord's Supper. Let's take baptism. Take Jesus out of baptism. What do you have? Two boys playing in a tub of water. Because when you baptize a man, you say, when you're baptized, you say, Jesus Christ died. He was buried. He rose. In. We used to teach children that. Here's why you're baptized. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again. You're trusting him as your Savior. And the baptism of the believer pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Read Romans chapter 6. Read it. Christ is all in baptism. Christ is all in the Lord's Supper. For many years, I went to church and partook of the Lord's Supper. I had no idea what it meant. But one day, I came across that little verse in 1 Corinthians. It said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. And every time you take the Lord's Supper, you're looking backward to the crucifixion and forward to the crown. You're showing forth his death till he comes. Jesus Christ is all in the Lord's Supper. Christ is all in creation. Christ is all in revelation. Christ is all in salvation. Christ is all in the church. May I quickly say Christ is all in the Christian graces. I can't name them all, but I'll name the chief three. Faith, hope, and charity or love. Christ is all in faith. The Bible is such a wonderful book. It never says believe and be saved. It's very careful to identify the object of faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that should be saved. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth uh, in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Faith is not a Savior. Faith is an attitude of the soul through which Jesus saves. Jesus is the Savior. There's no such thing as a saving faith in the little sense of the term. If that were true, then everybody would be saved because everybody has faith. You drive by faith. You fly, if you fly airplanes, by faith. You don't know what's going to happen. Here lately, you, you begin to wonder what's going to happen. But you eat by faith. If you eat, if you eat in a restaurant, you really do eat by faith. I go in some restaurants, it's a dark, you can't see the table. You have to eat by faith. You can't eat by sight. You can't see anything. You find yourself picking up the guy's arm, biting his finger before the meal's over. Christ is all in Christian graces. He's all in faith. It is He that makes faith important. He's the object of faith. It's not believe and be saved, but believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I should be, trust Jesus Christ. Don't trust the church. Don't trust anybody else. Trust Jesus Christ, Him alone, nothing else. And I should be saved. He is all in our faith. Hope, He's all in our hope. I can't preach all this sermon. There's too much to it. But Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and following. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should have righteously, godly, and soberly in this present world, looking for the, the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our hope. He's all in faith. He's all in hope. He's all in charity of love. I think I can honestly say to you, I love the Lord. I don't think I demonstrate it as well as I should. But I think I can say to you, I love the Lord. But if I love the Lord, I can't take any credit for it. Because 1 John 4, 19 says we love Him because He first lays all in love. If you feel an overflowing love for God, you want to shout during Dr. Seitler's sermon, have a good time. You can't really take credit for that love. We love Him because He first loved us. That's it. Christ is all in faith. Christ is all in hope. Christ is all in love and charity. Aren't you getting the picture by now? Christ is all and in all. He's all in creation. He's all in salvation. He's all in revelation. He's all in the church. He's all in the Christian graces. May I close by saying He's all in our expectations. What are our expectations? Well, if I live long enough, I expect to die. I don't really expect to die. I expect the Lord to come in my lifetime. And I'm praying and trying to live to be 100 years old. If I die before I'm 100, it'll shock me so bad it'll take my breath. And I doubt if I'll say anything for several days, to be honest with you. But if the Lord does the coming in the next hundred years, I probably am going to die. I'm 53. I probably won't live to be 153. I'll probably die if he doesn't come in the next hundred years. If I were to die right now, Christ is all in death. 
The psalmist said in Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I have my baptismal certificate with me. Unauthorized translation, come on. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because I'm a fundamental Baptist. Unauthorized translation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because I went to church every Sunday and read my Bible and prayed. Unauthorized translation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. If I wasn't so dignified, I'd have an old-fashioned Nazarene Pentecostal Baptist slobbering running fit to thinking about that. Uh, a father sent his little boy back to the back room and he was afraid of the dark. Most little boys are, and some big boys. And he cried and said, Daddy, I'm, I don't want to go in. He said, there's nothing in the room. Nothing in it will bother you, nothing will hurt you. He said, go on in the room. But the little boy said, Daddy, I can't go. Daddy said, I'm going to spank you if you don't go in the room. He said, I'd rather take a spank go in the dark room. I'm afraid. So his daddy saw how afraid he really was. So the daddy went back with him. Turned the light on in the room. Turned the light on in the closet. Got a flashlight, shined, on all, shined under all the beds. Shined it in every dark corner. Showed the boy there's nothing in the room. And went back to the living room. The little boy that would go to the room with no fear. Because his father had gone into the room and shined the light. And there was nothing in there to fear and the boy had seen it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ went down to the grave and he shined the light. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the light will be shining. There's nothing to fear on that side. I get older and older and I wonder how it feels to die. I wonder if there's any pain with it. But the truth of the matter is, Christ is all in death. I, my mother-in-law died here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She was at Erlanger Hospital. They had, they had, they had left to go on a uh, vacation to Kentucky and gone up further and came back. And she had acute leukemia. I was in a Bible conference in Florida. My wife called me on Monday and said, Mother's sick. Well, I said, she can't be very sick. She was in church yesterday. And she said, uh, she's pretty sick. I said, call me back. She gets worse. The next day she called and said, if you want to see Mother alive, you better hurry. A few minutes later, she called back and said, don't bother to come, mother's dead. She had bled through her skin. Before she died, my wife said, I stood by mother's bed and watched her. And said, Curtis, every once in a while, mother would push up on her elbows and look around real bright-eyed and said, is mother here? And said, she smiled and nodded and said, yes, mother, I see you. Said, she laid back and in a few minutes, she pushed up again and looked around and said, is, is, is Uncle Riley here? She nodded and said, yes, Riley, I see you. A while later, she pushed up and said, is Bunk here? And she said, oh, you wouldn't know him by Bunk. That's what we call him, William. Is William here? Yeah, William, I see you. Then she said, Curtis' mother said to her older sister, Alma, Alma, get behind me and push. Push, Alma, push. And said, mother died screaming, push, Alma, push. Like she's entering heaven, push me in. You say she was just out of her mind. No, she was just getting in her right mind. Yeah. Christ is all in death. But if I die, I don't expect to stay dead. I expect to come out of the grave someday. I was raised in a group didn't believe in a resurrection. My old preacher said, Kurt, nothing's coming out of the grave. When you die, you go back to dust, that's it. But I, I made a mistake and got to read my Bible. 
And I read such verses as John 5, 28 and 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming when all that are in the grave should hear his voice and shall come forth. I got reading verses like this in uh, Job 19, verse 25. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and in the last days his feet shall stand upon this earth. And though the skin worms devour my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I got to read in Acts 24, 15. There shall be a resurrection, both of the just and the unjust. And I said, my old preacher's wrong. And I've requested to be buried next to him. I'd like to be there when the trumpet sounds and see him come out. I want to see what he looks like when he comes out. But Christ is all not only in death, Christ is all in resurrection. Without Christ, there's no resurrection. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Christ is all in our expectations. He's all in death. He's all in resurrection. Oh, I have another expectation. Beyond death, beyond resurrection, heaven. Forever and ever and ever and ever in heaven. But Christ is all in heaven. When we get to heaven, we're going to sing a song. It won't be about the Pope. It'll be about Jesus. We'll sing, Thou art worthy. For Thou hast redeemed us by Thy blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every nation. Christ will be all in heaven. He is what makes heaven, heaven. I'm be honest. If Jesus Christ is not in heaven, I don't think I want to go to heaven. A little girl's mother took very sick they rushed to the hospital and later she died and she never returned home. In the meantime, a neighbor had kept the little girl in her home. A few days after her mother's death, she said to the neighbor, I want to go home. I want to go home. So the neighbor took her in the car and drove her over to her, her home. The little girl ran into the home and ran to the house and began to scream, Mother, Mother, where are you, Mother? Mother, mother, where are you, mother? Mother didn't answer. She ran from one room to the other, screaming, Mother. And when her mother never answered, she went to a neighbor and said, I want to go home. I want to go home. Home wasn't home without mother. Mother made home home. Home in heaven won't be home without Jesus. Jesus will make heaven home. Christ is all in creation. Christ is all in revelation. Christ is all in salvation. Christ is all in, in the Christian graces. Christ is all in the church. Christ is all in our expectations. I entered once a home of care, for age and penury were there, yet peace and joy with all. I asked the lonely mother whence her helpless widowhood's defense. She told me, Christ was all. I stood beside a dying bed. 
where lay a child with aching head waiting for Jesus' call. I marked his smile, t'was sweet as may. And as the Spirit passed away, he whispered, Christ is all. I saw the martyr at the stake. The flames could not his courage shake, nor death his soul appall. I asked him whence his strength was given. He looked triumphantly to heaven and answered, Christ is all. I saw the gospel herald go to Africa's sand and Greenland snow to save from Satan's thrall. Nor home nor life he counted dear, midst wants and perils owned no fear. He felt that Christ is all. I dreamed that hoary time had fled and earth and sea gave up their dead. A fire dissolved this ball. I saw the church's ransom throng. I heard the burden of their song. T'was Christ is all in all. Then come to Christ, O come today. The Father, Son, and Spirit say, The bride repeats the call. For he will cleanse your guilty stains. His love will soothe your weary pains. For Christ is all in all. An old lady lay dying. Before she died, she had lost all of her strength. Just enough to say, bring. And everybody in the family tried to figure out what she wanted. Some brought water. She'd shake her head no. Some brought the picture album, hoping that there's some member of the family she wanted to see, she could point to that person they would send for them. She pushed the album away. But she continued to say, bring. They brought a washcloth. They brought everything they knew to bring. But she'd always shake her head no. Just before she died, she gained enough strength to finish her sentence. And she said, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Let's bow our heads for prayer, please. Well, our Heavenly Father, if you're all in creation, if you're all in revelation, if you're all in salvation, if you're all in the church, if you're all in the Christian graces, if you're all in our expectation and someday we'll be all in heaven, it seems to me that we ought to make you all in our lives as individuals. It's one thing to trust you. It's one thing to have Christ present in the life. But it's quite another thing to have him prominent in the life. But Lord, I have a conviction that the people who are used in the greatest way by you are those who not only have Christ present and Christ prominent, but those who go another step and make Christ preeminent in their life all in all. Please, in this Southside Baptist Fellowship, use the sermons to give us a burden and a desire to make Jesus Christ all in our lives. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.